Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to No Funk and Strictly Monk and the only podcast where if a street sign where there's a cul-de-sac, instead of saying no outlet, said no funkin', we would be fine to drive on that road because all we do is monk. I'm so going to be so glad when I have to stop thinking of these. My name is Jay Christie. You know, as always, Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. You don't sound good, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm coming down with a case. A case of the monkeys. You got condor fever? I got, oh, dude, yes. Yes. Right on. Uh, I've yes, had a couple. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quite honest with you. I've had a couple. You're a little toasty? Yeah, a little bit roasted. I got, I got a couple. Sure. I got two tall boys of White Claw, just because I figured you'd be drinking, you know, because it's a Sunday episode. The problem, of course, being on the East Coast is, you know, when you first start drinking at 9.55, it's a little different. But, uh, you know. No, you know what? What it is is I took a break. Uh, I got pretty hammered on Friday night. I watched mm-hmm. The Green Knight. Great movie. You should watch that. I already saw it. Um, honestly, I didn't like it nearly as much as I thought I was going to. I couldn't. Oh, wow. Honestly, I, it, but think, it's one of those things where... The, That's very interesting. The, the type of good movie that I don't like is the type of movie where the... There don't that the whole the, the meaning of it is that there's no meaning and that always I'm like I'm always out on that I never like it uh, even though I probably well should. no like you'd have to be a goddamn fool to walk into that movie and thinking that there was a meaning period. oh well then I'm a goddamn fool <laughs> you never read Sir Gawain no oh well then that's on you bitch I just think is I when, when they're showing the bits with his mom like doing all that conjuring and shit it's like what was the point of all that if that has nothing they never explain that anyway we're not gonna talk about the Green Knight. I li- it, I think it's, I liked almost every individual scene of it, but the end of it, I was like, oh, this guy was kind of disappointed that there was no there there. But, you know, that's kind of my... Well, shame on you. Well, let me just break it down for you. Basically, the whole point of it was is for him to show. And, like, oh, the only thing that I had an issue with is the fact that they had that whole, like, what would have happened if he would have just cowered mm-hmm. out of it? Yeah. Um, but but in the end, what it, what, what, what it, what's meant to happen is that he actually flinched twice before he was about to get his head removed. But then he was going to, like, opt into it. And then it was just, like, the Green Knight was going to let him go. And because he showed that he was courageous after all that. And because he admitted his faults with the previous uh, test to his will. Wait, so then in the story he doesn't get his head chopped off? No, not at all. Then why didn't they show that in the movie? <laughs> no, that's a great question. But that has nothing to do with, like, okay. the, Honestly, yeah. in that case, I would have liked it more if they showed that, because then that would have explained why he went all through those trials and tribulations, is that he learned that lesson. I thought that he just got his head, got his head chopped No, off. for sure, for sure. That was annoying as fuck, but, like, I mean, still, I liked the hell out of the movie. Uh, yeah, I love yeah, David I, Lowry. I'll say, I'll say this. I liked the movie more than I didn't. That's always the thing. Whenever there's a movie that, like, people have at, like, a nine, and you know you know this, when there's people have a movie at, like, a nine, and you feel, like, a six and a half, seven about it, it feels weird to criticize it, because you don't want to act like you don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed watching it. I just... Saw guy had like an eighty five on Metacritic, and I definitely was not at that level with it. If that makes sense. Sure. Anyway, let me uh, hit this button one second. But we're not here to talk about the Green Knight. Um, also, I just I love my favorite. I wish we were. But the, my favorite scene in the movie is the one with uh, you didn't watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so you don't recognize. But the woman with her head chopped off, I thought she was great because she's in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and uh, um. The one where he meets like the woman in the house, and he has to go to the bottom of the. Lake. Oh yeah, yeah. I love the line. I love the line reading because it was so weird because there's like no comedy in the movie, but I love the line reading of "What do I get if I go get ahead for you?" It's like, what? Why would you even ask that? <laughs> I love that yeah. line reading. Anyway, Mr. Monk makes the playoffs. What we're talking about? It's uh, an episode of Monk that we we mentioned last episode. We talked to Andy Breckman about when we had him on earlier. That this was 
his big the thing he disliked the most in the whole show something that happened in this episode we'll get to it but really episode, I, I I kind of remember that conversation but I don't remember why he said he didn't enjoy yeah. it I we'll get to it but what yeah. uh, what did you think of this episode generally um I actually didn't like it as much as I thought it would um, yes yeah, it's, it's not it's very, not a good episode yeah it's very no no frills it's just something that happens and it's more like yeah I, I I wrote a ton of notes, but it like none of it has to do with anything that I actually give a shit about. Exactly. The only thing I can relate to, the only thing we can relate to, is the fact that like we are like both heavily into sports, and we can kind of like vibe with what Sotomayor is trying to go. Like we're not trying to solve a crime, mm-hmm. or we're like watching a playoff game. Like I get that. Um, but aside from that, like oh, oh, I did like a little bit of insight that we got to know where Sotomayor is from. He's he's my boy. He's literally mm-hmm. my boy. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. So. We start off with uh, David Gittleson, who we literally learn is the backup quarterback. He's getting recognized at a club, which I guess that might happen. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many backup quarterbacks are getting recognized at a club. Maybe Charlie Whitehurst. Remember Charlie Whitehurst? Uh, Robert Griffin, probably. No, but um, do you remember Charlie Whitehurst's nickname? Yeah, of course. Uh, something Jesus? Clipboard Jesus, because he was the backup yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of backups. So yes. Like, uh, I would say probably about maybe... 10 of the 32 backups quarterbacks would be recognized. Because, like, no one's recognizing, like, Nick Mullins or something like that. You know what I mean? I would recognize him because he has uh, chubby cheeks that make his eyes close, like, when he smiles like I do. But other than me, no one would recognize him. Or Chris yeah, Bethard. fair enough. Um, anyway, he gets into a limo with a woman. Um, or Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. He actually just got released. I don't know where he's going to play now, but... Um, Not with shout us. Shout to Blake Bortles. Apparently, he's like a, he was an icon in Jacksonville where he would just... To no one's surprise, just corrals at all the bars all the time. Like not and not like high end club, high end clubs. He would just be at the regular towny bars. Which you wait, know, was he a U, was he a UCF guy? Yeah, he was UCF guy. But UCF is not near okay. Jacksonville. That's not. I mean, he's from Florida. No, 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 no. But he's a Florida boy. Oh, you're damn right, he's a Florida boy. You know what's funny? I, the other day I saw Sarah, aka at Smiling Contender, like saying, "I can't believe anybody would ever be proud of being from Florida." And I immediately thought of you and laughed. Yeah, I don't follow her, and she doesn't follow me. I don't think so. We didn't get a fist fight over that, but I'm fucking flow grown, man. I just it's what are you gonna do? If uh, it's flow if you're not proud grow. of where you're from, you can't be happy. Yeah, but I didn't come up with flow grown. That's a that's a very common uh, refrain. Never of heard it in my life. Well, no, in Florida, you wouldn't hear it outside of Florida. Um, but uh, anyway. Well, so, why would you need to prove that in Florida? Well, because most people from... I mean, it's, ironically, I am actually would not... If I'm in Florida, I could, can't call myself flow-grown because I'm very much not from Florida in comparison to other people. But, um... Okay, fine. Anyway, so he's in the limo with this, this girl, and there's his playbook is there, um, and it's his top secret. Uh, and he also shows off his ring that he has because I guess they won the Super Bowl the year before. Um, I don't think it was a Super Bowl. I think it was it like wasn't, a conference I know it was, championship. It was, it, it, yeah, but also, more importantly, they don't have the rights to say Super Bowl anyway, so it's not the Super Bowl. Right, but like my old thing is like uh, I don't think that they would let you just take that home. Also, right, like what? you just need to like it would uh, the playbook. I know. I think you. I, I don't know. I think you can bring the playbook home uh, for a big game like this. I don't. Think well, yeah. Your like, thing is, I think that the playbook might be to be able to take home. But the thing that they really miss. You certainly wouldn't have it in your fucking limo the, the going out at night. Ma- the thing they confuse, which I think is just... Because there's a difference between a playbook and a game plan. Because a playbook, most teams have a lot of the same plays. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not a spoiler to be like a halfback dive or like a counter 
or, you know, four verticals. You know what I mean? Those are all plays that every team has. The difference is, like, when you're going to run them and stuff like that. And so that, like, a game plan is different than a playbook. And they use them interchangeably in this, which is fine, because this is not for, you know, guys who are chewing tape. But, um, you know, it's, it is a different thing. Okay. Yeah, so so they they're they're in there, and the girl notices uh, the cloud. Getting hot, it's, heavy. It, it's more. It's yeah. They're getting hot. I mean, like not as hot as I would think it would be, but no, I just um, like to say that phrase. She, yeah, yeah. She notices the the playbook or game plan or whatever, and it says classified on it, so you know it's real shit. And she wants to know mm-hmm. more, but like he kind of like you know uh, pushes her away and just says like, hey, like. Let's let's get out of here. And she mentions she wants to go to the after party after the party. So they're they're in for a long night, which is you know all kinds of problems besides like you, the last thing you want to do before a big fucking game. Um, granted, this can't this can't possibly be the Super Bowl. I don't think. Wait, no, no, it can be if they're in different conferences. Yeah, it's unclear. Yeah, it's unclear. Um, to me, it sounds more like a like a conference, conference championship, championship possibly. Yeah, but he's yeah. also the backup quarterback, so who cares? Right, um, exactly. Um, but anyways, so they, uh, you know, they're about to head over to the, a- no, they head over to the after party, and uh, the limo driver um, is on to some, he's on some bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Right after he drops him off at the party, he gets on a phone call, and he's he's communicating with someone that he has some valuable information, and we'll find out later who he's selling this information to, but basically he's selling the playbook to somebody Obviously, someone on the other team that will have uh, a vested interest in this. Yes, and um, so he ends up uh, he ends up taking it, um, and he exchanges it for some money. Um, and uh, he's like, "I would wish you good luck tomorrow, but you're not going to need it." Um, you know, so clearly it's whoever they're playing tomorrow. And then they cut to the next morning. Gittleson is looking through the playbook in the locker room. And he notices something off, and he says, what the hell did you do? He runs out, talks to the driver. Things get uh, testy, and the driver pulls out a crowbar, and uh, he kills Gittleson. Yeah, I mean, I just don't... The thing that stretches my mind is I just don't know how he can possibly think he's going to get away with this. I 100% agree. Like, there's no fucking shot. There's no fucking shot. Yeah, because who else would have killed him, is the thing. Like, he knows... He knows that the time of death is going to have to be around when he got to the stadium because clearly other people are going to end up arriving soon. And so who else was around him that would have killed him, you know? And Yeah, it's early enough that there's, like, very little people that are involved. And I'm sure they exactly. can probably vouch for whatever the fuck they did. So good exactly. luck. Um, and so we then cut back to three days earlier, and they're talking about Stahlmeier and Disher and some other cops are talking about the championship game. And... Um, you know, Monk wants to get in the, uh, Natalie wants to make Monk part of the conversation. She she points out that Monk looked at a photo of the team and all of their numbers add up to a thousand. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder um, how uh, there's fifty two people on the team. I, I suppose you could do that. I haven't done. I haven't run the numbers, but I'm sure yeah, you I haven't could crunched do it. the numbers either. Um, yeah, and so, but anyways, Monk ends up. Everyone's getting invited to a uh, party at one of the other cops' houses for the game, and Monk. Uh, you know, then dies the invite because he's going to be at Summit Stadium on Sunday because that's what the game is. Because, uh, you know, he promised Bob that he was going to go. And what Bob are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about your boy, Bob Costas, your close personal friend. Um, some people have called him a leprechaun and they've gotten um, fucking roasted for that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a very short guy. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm not a big fan of Bob Costas, to be quite honest. Um, I don't know what our chances of landing him for a future interview are, but I'm sure it's very slim. So mm-hmm. I, I feel safe in saying that I'm not a big Bob, Bob Costas guy. My dad actually once mentioned that he saw Bob Costas at a restaurant once, and he was even shorter in person than he thought he was. <laughs> Which in is, Florida? No, no, no. This is when my dad was... Uh, I mean, keep in mind, my dad lived in New York until he was 40, 40 41. So, so he's a he, New York guy. Yeah, but my parents are both New York people. I mean, I was born in New York until I lived in 2009. That's why I'm not full-grown. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, apparently Monk helped Bob Costas out of a jam, so he owes him like a favor and they look at the tickets and Monk's like it's not even a good seat I'm stuck in a box yeah and okay to be fair um box seats are not that sick of seats like you have like a good view of everything but like you kind of feel like you're outside of the action right like you sure. feel like have you ever sat in a box no I have not I have not okay I have a friend that uh that works for Nike and he got us box seats uh, a few times um Last time I remember going was uh, Lakers versus Clippers, which was LeBron was already on the team, and I think we won in overtime like 122, 120, 120 or something. So it was a great game, um, mm. but you just don't feel a part of the crowd. You just like kind of yeah. feel like you're just like. I think it also be anywhere probably, else. I think it's also probably different for a football game though, since the you're out of the elements and so if it's like a and also i think it really depends on like if you're in like a catered box with a bunch of cool shit it's a different experience for sure i think that there definitely is a way that like if you were amongst a bunch of friends and like it was your company or whatever rented out a box for like a football game i think that would be fun it's it's a different experience though i definitely imagine yeah Um, yeah yeah. it's different when like you like a bunch of people are in a box like that you know then great but otherwise it's like it's a very impersonal experience it feels like you could just be like at a fucking bar next door watching it yeah and it's i mean i mentioned i think before on here how i once sat behind home played in a yankee game and had like the underground uh, buffet and stuff like that and that was nice but then also i'm still outside behind home plate so it's the best of both worlds like um right right you know destiny hope cyrus once said um right so on top of the fact that he has press box seats he also has like an all access pass which you get like a you know private um you get access to like the all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes yeah which is cool um Mm -hmm. i you know I, i tend to find well I've only had that experience with baseball, and I tend to find that baseball players are the least compelling athletes, probably that I, known to man. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Right? But would you say they're, they're most like, compelling? Like least compelling. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Like, who, yeah, yeah, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I'll hockey. say this: I don't give, I don't give a shit about yeah. hockey. Hockey of the of the big three sports, I think that that's actually unquestionably true. Um, yes. And just and honestly, and I hate to say this, but like anyone who went to school, it's because uh, it, it's because it, it's because it has the most amount of white people. Let's, honestly, yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to be glib, but yeah, it's it's because it's yeah, and, and especially because it's the most homogeneous um, at all levels until the major leagues. Whereas, like yeah. in basketball, it's you you travel you travel around the whole country all the time. If you're like if you're big in AAU and like you and you're also around a bunch of people with different socioeconomic statuses, well, with baseball in this day and age, it's almost exclusively just middle and upper middle class white people playing at all times. So it, it is definitely and also I mean, this isn't one to one, but anyone who went to a high school with a decent sports program can tell you that the baseball players were the most boring ones there too. <laughs> like I was friends with multiple people on the basketball team, multiple people on the football team, no one on the baseball team. Um, 
And uh, yeah. anyway. No, it yeah, makes I mean, sense. Like it's a separate culture to itself, and it's very like I played on a baseball team, and like it was a little bit more loose because it's also like we weren't winning shit, so it's like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but like for the most part, you kind of equate baseball with being like a you know, no offense, like a white man sport. Like it's very it's like, the only sport where like, still there's, like, there's, there's, there's 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 like caretakers of the game that like mm-hmm. they they have rules of the game that you have to follow, mm-hmm. and if not, you're gonna get thrown at. It's just yeah. like it's very rigid. And also, they still think it's funny to hit people in the nuts. So, um, you know, it's really say something. Been there. Anyway, Been there. Uh, so Stamar's like, who are you going to take? And Monk says, Natalie. And Natalie, of course, t- pulls Monk aside and says, take the captain. You were a couple of guys. Um, yeah. And, and so the Monk- captain, clearly, be right before this, is like, he's mm-hmm. very into the idea of this game. Like, we know mm-hmm. Stott is like a man's man. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be into some pigskin football. Mm-hmm. And so then he asks, yeah, asks him to go. And then we cut to the tailgate, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a big tailgate, you know, it's, um, and Monk is completely thrown off guard, he doesn't know what this is. Um, and they... By the way, some, some inside information, I'm pretty sure that they filmed half of it at the Coliseum and half of it at Dodger Stadium. That sounds um, right. The, the parts that show the parking lot, like, towards the exit of it, is definitely Dodger Stadium, and all the parts that show, like, the stadium in the background is definitely mm-hmm. the Coliseum, 100%. That makes sense. Yeah, and so they walk by a fan that's passed out, but is if someone who I didn't passed even, out. I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even notice it the first time. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest. Yeah, and then we first meet Chet, who is uh, a through line. This literally episode. your boy. Sure, um, he's talking, taking a survey about who has condor fever. Yeah, and you know what's funny is like earlier in the episode, I had like meant when like Stott first gets there and they're all like super into being there. I'm just like, all right, man, they all got fucking condor fever. And sure enough, it ends up being, like, a fucking thing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Stott's asking Monk if he's got condor fever, and as we all know, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then we see Randy is back at the station. He's watching on his flip phone. Um, some really great 2007 technology there. There's no fucking way, right? Was that true? No. Like, I, don't even, I mean, you I... probably could. I don't know. I think you could. I, but I think it probably would cost your entire mo- month of data to just do five minutes. Um, yeah. And then we see the limo driver. For some reason, he's siphoning gas, um, which is always a funny visual. Uh, and um, they I end up... I what they, that's like. Yeah, I've never done it, um, obviously. Uh, and so then they're walk, Stomper and Monk are walking through, and I do love the line that Monk says of, Did you enjoy civilization? 8,000 years. We had a good run. And then we yep. get the Randy B-plot, which is really just... Uh, honestly, just feels like the episode wasn't long enough. Um... Where he is going to the evidence locker to steal a TV to watch the game. Yeah, like a blood-spattered television set. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. He's the only person that's in the office, so I feel like he could have just easily have just been at home and, like, Mm -hmm. kind of handling the situation. Maybe not. I don't know how it worked in 2012. I don't know when this took place. No, 2007. But also, also he has a computer. I don't know why he's just not watching on his computer. If you can watch it on his phone, you can watch it on his computer. But anyway... um, then we see the limo driver pour the gas on the grill, um, which uh, is confusing. You don't know why that's happening. You know why would he just do that to a random person's grill? Um, yeah. And we then see Monk and Stoudemire go to the line to give their tickets, and uh, Monk is he real he resealed the envelope that the tickets came in. Yeah, he resealed them, and um, and you know Stoudemire is like 
properly amped to get into mm-hmm. this game. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and like I would be too. It's a playoff game. Um, honestly, though, like I'll, I'll speak from experience. I went to the 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 sorry. And we'll get, like, Sotomayor will mention it later, but basically, um, L.A. went a long time without having a football team. And so, I, when I started watching football, and up until now, it was, um, we didn't have a lot of football teams. Like, we had to root for other teams. Um, so, mm-hmm. it was very hard for me to, like, kind of um, understand the whole culture of, like, the tailgate football thing. I had to learn it from, like, college football, because my... Mm-hmm school it was more popular for basketball but nonetheless we still tailgated go wildcats um yeah go exactly go wildcats and um and so it was like kind of hard for me to like vibe exactly with how sodomire was getting off you know what i mean yeah um but he but, but he but he but he but he he switched over to the the other side exactly and so um as this is happening chet is ready to fire up the grill he's pouring some more lighter fluid on it um, and, uh, as they're trying to, about to get into the stadium, the, uh, grill explodes, and Monk is like, we should check that out, and then he starts wandering off, and of course, Stomer has to follow him. Yeah, so, um, this is kind of when we get the breakdown of what the stakes are. It's the, um, the Wildcats, which are from, they're from LA, right? I think that's what we're made together. Yes. Um, and so... We see uh, Bob Goss. Wait, is did now... you hear me at all? No, you cut out. <laughs> okay, no. So what what I was trying to say is that like this is where we get the breakdown of what the matchup is, right? It's the yes. the Wildcats from LA mm-hmm. versus the Condors from San Francisco. Yeah, which I don't think a Condor has lived in San Francisco for at least fucking a decade. That's um, true. Yes, but... it's more of a Southern California desert thing. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Chet is a very lucky man apparently, though, because he's he if he was standing a little bit closer to the grill, he would have uh, would have died. Um, but he decides he's he's gonna not he's not gonna go to the hospital. He's just gonna put on the foam finger and, and rally. Yeah, he's you know he's just gonna line his foam finger with a little bit of uh, you know um, petroleum jelly or some neosporin or something. You know, just mm-hmm. soothe it a little bit. Exactly, not gonna get infected at all. Um, and so. Monk is investigating, and he's like, this is just a charcoal grill. How would it have blown up? Um, and I'm just going to skip through some of this just because it's tedious. Um, I'm going to skip through a lot of the stuff about the actual game, if you don't mind, just because it's not really important. Um, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so Monk finds the bottle that the limo driver used, and he gives it to Stahlmeier. And Stahlmeier can't deny that it smells like gasoline, which clearly means it was on purpose. Correct. Um, yeah, I don't know... I don't know what most people's uh, forms of ignition are for most barbecues, but gasoline certainly should not be top no. three. No, it definitely not, because gasoline itself doesn't burn, only its fumes burn, which means that it explodes like that. It's not good for... Uh... All right, there you go. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. So then we then cut back so to Randy. Yeah, and he's trying to make the TV situation work. He's bringing it to a room. Um, I'm unclear on why it doesn't work out in that room. Uh, I don't think he wants to sit in the. That? I don't think he. No, I don't think he wants to sit in the evidence room. He's trying to bring it to his desk. Well, yeah, but what he ends up makes it a lot worse in the evidence room. Yeah, he gets it wedged in the staircase, which makes me wonder: there are elevators in this building. Why didn't he just use an elevator? Right. Um, so then we we cut to the tailgaters, and they're like mm. they're they're starting to heat up the food. They're starting to get the fucking shrimp on the bobby. 
trying to get the glizzies on the fucking uh, you know grill on uh, the grill grate on the grill yeah on the grill grate and um, and your boy Chet uh, lights it up and unlike BTS it's not quite dynamite but uh, it goes up we already talked up. about this what are you talking about we already talked about that part well no but this is when he actually lights it up oh no we already mentioned that I said that oh, a minute ago oh sorry 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 I mixed it up with my other note yeah no yeah. sorry so they're, yeah. they're heating up the food, but they're heating it up on a on the car, separate yeah. vessel, on a and car so battery. Th- this is when they ask about, um, basically, who do you think did it? And apparently, they're like, everyone knows Corey did it, because the Wildcats suck. Apparently, this guy Corey has been engaged in like a war with these fans. In the past, he put a bag of bees in one guy's car. His mom spat on another guy's mom, and then they flipped his RV. Um, so, yeah. Corey's a, a prime of... suspect. Yes. So they go over to go find Corey, and, mm-hmm. um, and this is where we figure out that the Wildcats are from L.A. Mm-hmm. And so they go to find him, and they sure enough they do find him, and they mention you know, or Sotomayor mentioned that they're investigating arson. Why Sotomayor didn't recognize him beforehand, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But uh, but basically, Corey identifies him as uh, I guess they went to high school or yes. School but did you did point. you hear his nickname? Uh, what is it? Leland the Hound Dog Sotomayor. <laughs> I mean, I can see that 100%. Yeah. Um, I want to know more about it, though. Yeah, I need to know more about where he gets the hound dog. But yeah, they're from high school, and apparently we get a little uh, idea of how long the Wildcats have been there, because Stottmeyer says, as far as I'm concerned, L.A. still doesn't have a team. Um, and then there's some guy talk going on where they're busting each other's balls, and of course Monk tries to play along, so he says, uh, what's up with the yellow teeth? And are you Mars with the craters on your face? Which, you know, not great. Um, yeah, it's just like these are these are these are not insults that you sling around at uh, at, at tailgates. Um, yeah, not mm-hmm. because one they won't land, and secondly, mm-hmm. it just yeah, it just doesn't make. Uh, y- mm-hmm. You're just not gonna do what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. And so, um, one of his friends, the one who's not Corey, I didn't write his name, asked Stomer if he can take care of a speeding ticket he got, and wouldn't you know it, the ticket is from 35 minutes ago, which means that that's an alibi that they couldn't have. Uh, just set the fire, put the gasoline down because they were not at the stadium at the time. So they decide to play some football, to toss the pigs, get in a little bit. And uh, Stoudemire is, uh, he, he's not NFL ready. He throws it right into a car. Yeah, you know, he's he's not quite in the in game shape as he used to be. And, um, and, and he's kind of like for like another, what, 10, 15 minutes of this episode, he's kind of holding his shoulder. He's, he's walking a little bit gingerly after this. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Natalie shows up to the station with some pizza. She sees an extension cord going from the second floor and follows it down to where Randy is eating, is uh, watching the game upside down in the uh, stairwell. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, then we cut back to um, the stadium where Stomach's basically trying to get in. To, he's like, he wants to get Monk to move on because he's like, it was just a prank. You know, uh, this, this dropper, you know. Uh, and Monk is like, the guy could have been killed. And Steinmeier says, you want this to be murder. Because that's all you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, I get it. Like, uh, you know, Steinmeier mentions earlier that he doesn't want to, like, um, he wants to turn the off switch off. He, mm-hmm. uh, he wants him to just very much enjoy the game for what it is. And I, I understand, like, his, his impulse to want to do that. But at the same time, he's the fucking captain of the police. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Station at the very least, like mm-hmm. yeah. if, if something shows up as being like out of sorts in some way, mm-hmm. you need to investigate that. Yeah, 
And so they decide that they're going to lock down the scene and go inside. And so they end up um, going through the gates again. And as they're going through, Monk sees a photo of the, the championship ring from last year. And Monk says he recognizes it. And he runs out. And they find the passed out guy again, who is, of course, none other than Gittleson. Who is, excuse me, very much dead. Yeah, he's uh, he's bleeding from a head wound. I mean, he's he's wearing the colors, but not in the way that you want them to be worn. I just do love the implication that this guy, that the cab driver, was hastily trying to cover up a murder, and he got his like face paint out <laughs> and had to <laughs> put the face paint on. Um, and so they asked Chet because Chet mentioned earlier that he had talked to him that morning. He's like, oh, I said I talked to him. I don't think so. Um, and so. He also happened to be sitting on top of his playbook, which is important. And they meet the driver, who mentions that he dropped him off, and uh, nothing happened. Yeah, he's claiming that nothing happened, um, but Monk, at the same time, notices that there's a charcoal smudge on his clothes. Um, I don't know and... how you distinguish what a charcoal smudge... No, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you distinguish what that is, um, how you could mm-hmm. possibly do that, but sure, because he's wearing a black suit. Um, and then he also mm-hmm. notices that, um, why don't you just tell me the second thing? He, uh, he smells like gasoline. Oh, right. Okay, sure. Yeah, he smells like gasoline. Sorry, my internet connection is unstable right now. Yeah, so is mine. Well, you know, we're very unstable people right now. Um, yeah. anyway, D- Disher's there to help secure the scene. Apparently it's actually not even their jurisdiction. Um, and so... Uh, Randy tells. Well, them I could under- I can understand that if this takes place in the Bay Area, that's mm-hmm. the funny thing. Like, oh, I inside know. information. Inside information. The mm-hmm. 49ers do not play in San Francisco. No, they, they play, play forty five in- minutes outside of San Francisco. I believe in Contra Costa County. No, they don't play. They play. In, they play in Santa Clara County. They literally play in the city of Santa Clara. Um, okay. Okay. Right. 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 No. Never mind. Then. Now speaking of Contra Costa, by the way, I no one really liked it when I tweeted it, but I will say it again. This is a couple years ago. If that if that county, the county north of Alameda, had the Sicilian Mafia there, it would be the Contra Costa Costa Nostra. Just say it. Just, they would be okay. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, but no, it's not Contra Costa County. That would be even farther. It's already ridiculously far away, but that would be ridiculous. Um, but apparently, like with traffic, it's like an hour and a half out of downtown, downtown San Francisco. Which, like, when they had the Super Bowl there, it was like a nightmare because there's no hotels around the stadium. There's like one hotel near the stadium, and then everyone else stayed in San Francisco, and it was a nightmare. Um, so. At least, like, because the you know the Meadowlands obviously are not in New York City. Everyone knows that, but it's like right. uh, it's like a twenty-five minute train ride at mo- from downtown. Like, so it's really efficient. Whereas, like, since some much most of the country doesn't have any public transportation, it's a nightmare. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So Disher says, "Tell Bob Costas I say hi," um, and um, Monk can't really let this go. So uh, I do love that. Um, Summer's explanation of like why Monk should take the day off is even God took the day off. And you know what day that was? Sunday. Because he wanted to watch football. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's just uh, let's just get this out of the way. How do you feel about football? Love football. Love, love, love football. Is it your favorite sport? <sighs> Probably. I, I think I'm more engaged with like basketball as a sport on Twitter and with like talking about it. And I like probably watch basketball... No, I definitely watch football more religiously. But like, I'm really into I'm really into talking about basketball because I think it's because the conversations that I had about basketball are more sophisticated than football. 
just because I don't think I'm speaking in too broad strokes to say that the average basketball fan is a smarter person than the average football fan. Like, let's just not be let's not beat around the bush. Um, yeah, yeah. It, but I watch football. If I'm not doing anything, I will spend all the entire Sunday watching Red Zone from one o'clock p.m. to seven o'clock. Um, I'll say this: I uh, I'm I'm less. Um, I'm a baseball number one guy. Um, I'm definitely baseball number three. Although I'm more into baseball now than I have been in the past like five years. Yeah, no, I was like, uh, I grew up. I mean, my dad wasn't like a huge baseball guy, but my grandpa and my uncle are because baseball mm-hmm. is very big in um, Central America. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing they have really. In Nicaragua, um, Nic- specifically Nicaragua doesn't have a good soccer team, so it's definitely baseball. Um, so are there I'm, any big I'm, Nicaraguan baseball players? Because I know that that's where I don't. Or, there, there have been a ha- there have been a handful, but they've never really amounted to much. But one of the most one of the most famous ones is uh, Dennis Martinez. Oh, okay, I know who that is. Wait, let me look this up. He's I, pitched I, a perfect game. Yes, right, 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 right. Now, was it? Okay, no, never mind. I was I was thinking did Roberto Clemente die in Nicaragua? But no, he died in Puerto Rico. Um, but anyway, no, yeah, he so, did. He died in Nicaragua. He did. Okay. Okay. Yes, yeah, I thought he I, was. He was. He was fulfilling a charitable mission in Nicaragua. Okay. And I thought. I thought down. that that's what it was. I didn't want. I didn't want he to was, ask. Like, hey, he was from. That... He was from Puerto Rico. Mm. Right. 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 I knew that. I knew he wasn't from Nicaragua, but I thought I remember reading that. But anyway, um, that uh, I definitely when I was young, baseball was my favorite sport. But the thing is, baseball is such a local sport that when I moved to Florida when I was nine, I was a huge Mets fan. And I'll say this: of all my teams. With basketball, since I didn't really get into basketball until I was like 18, I like the Knicks and I root for the Knicks, but I don't have the same attachment to the Knicks that I do. And the Jets I have a lot of attachment to, but the team that I means the most to me in my heart is the Mets, because that's the first one when I was like six I really cared about a lot about the Mets. But then when you move to yeah. Florida and you can't watch Mets games anymore, it just really becomes... Like, I, it was hard for me to keep watching baseball. I mean, you know what I mean? Because it was like I never really had the Mets on anymore. But I remember we had uh, extra innings the first year we lived in Florida. Um... Which is great. Love MLB extra innings. Um, but now I, I try to watch. I probably watch like two or three Mets games. I maybe probably two Mets games a, uh, a week now. Um, basically, because the Mets have the best. They have the best uh, announcing team in baseball. But you know, it's not here or there. Maybe. Yeah. No. For me, it's like uh, I grew up uh, in Atwater Village, which is mm-hmm. like literally five minutes away from Dodger Stadium. You were the Atwater Village idiot. Yeah, basically. Um, and so, like, I grew up right there, so I could go to any game that I wanted mm-hmm. to, and. Dodger games are way cheaper than Laker games, and I certainly don't give a shit about the Clippers or the. I mean, if you want to go to an Angels game, that's like forty minutes away minimum. Yeah, if you if you don't um, live in Orange County, why are you going to an Angels game? Right. So I have like uh, an incredible attachment to the Dodgers, and now mm-hmm. I have an att- incredible attachment to the Rams, even though they're going to be a lot further from me now. Yeah, because they're yeah. they're playing Inglewood now, right? Or Darcy Carson. Correct. 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 Inglewood. No, that's correct. Yeah, they were in Carson. Now they're in Inglewood. Um, they were, anyway, they were not in Carson. Who's in Carson? What, were the Chargers in Carson? The Chargers. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, the Chargers were in Carson. Um, yeah. Uh, Carson. I remember I once noted that Carson, California, sounds like a nickname that John Gruden would give to Carson Palmer. Like, <laughs> I like this kid. You know, he's from Southern yeah. California. I call him Carson, California. Right. <laughs> I, I yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. I love doing the. Jo- That's an underrated impression to do. Oh, I love this kid, John. Yeah, Carson Palmer. Love this kid. Anyway, uh, this episode just dumb. Um, so, anyway, um, 
Stalmeyer basically they, they split up or Stalmeyer goes inside to go to watch the game and um, Monk is going to investigate and he ends up going behind uh, the cab driver's the limo driver's car and sees basically that it looks like there's some gas siphoning going on yeah there's some gas siphoning going on and I and it, it's unclear at first like what the fuck is going on or like I still don't even know why this is happening it's because it's because the limo driver knew that Chet talked to uh to Gilbert's whatever the Davy and uh he thought that he might have known what happened so that's why he tried to kill him. But anyway, um, and so basically they have a contentious argument about it, um, and then Monk tries to stop him from driving away, but he ends up backing up, which is a little funny of a moment. And so then Monk goes to talk to Chet, and Chet says that Gittleson was yelling that something was out of order, and he wasn't talking about Al Pacino in Injustice for All. Yeah, he's talking about the fact that um, that... Well, can we just say it now? Yeah, sure, no? but that's we don't know this at the moment, but yes, you can say it. Yeah, what he's talking about being out of order is basically the playbook when um, David or Davey gets it back. Um, he notices that the play the plays are out of order. They're like, which I don't know how this would have happened. Um, can, well, because, I mean, can you come up? Beca- beca- well, how did it get out of order? Because um, they said that... Uh, that they must have had some type of like mix up when they were because they copied it, they copied the pages of it, and so he must have put it back in the wrong order. But like, but if like if everything is at stake, like it's a very sloppy mistake. Yes, to make. I agree. I agree. But you also okay. keep in mind that he had it. He was on a tight schedule, um, and so uh, so they're basically trying to figure out what is out of order, um, and so Monk uses his car to swipe in. Uh, this makes um, Chet call him his best friend. Uh, and I do love the monk says, want to hear something sad? You're my best friend, too. Um, and so, uh, then we cut up to the booth, and Bob Costas says, where's Adrian? Did he ever tell you how we met? And this is the thing that Andy Reckman mentioned, that they had a completely different explanation for why Monk and Bob Costas know each other, and Bob Costas just said he didn't want to say it, and then improv- he said, he said, I have this really funny story about a cat. And so he improvised that. And since the show's writers were, on, were in, based in New York and they're shooting in L.A., basically no one was able to... Like, the director didn't stop him from doing it. And so Eddie was get, got, like, a call saying, yeah, Bob Costas has this thing he wants to say. And so he ended up saying this cat thing, which it just completely does not feel at all real to the show. It, it feels like just a completely different thing, you know? Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I mean, I guess I... I... I didn't see it that as that bad. I mean, he has a lot more to say about it than anybody else would. Um, but for me, I mean, it's just... Listen, at the end of the day, Bob Costas is guesting on an episode of Monk. And, like, I don't want to, like, kowtow to Bob Costas. Trust me, I'm not trying to suck up to him. Mm-hmm. But he has a certain stature in the in I the I agree. Industry. I think the message should be that this is why you don't have a show that shoots in one city and is written in the other. <laughs> is because ultimately what happens is on most shows, the head writer or writer would come out to set and just be like, okay, let's would it, like rewrite whatever Bob... If Bob Classes wants to do something different, they'd work together to make it fit more on the show. But like the idea of like Monk solving a case where Bob Costas had a cat that was trying to kill him like just it feels kind. it feels like something that was just made up on the spot I don't know it completely um because remember when, this could have been anybody else this could have been anybody else it didn't have to have Bob Costas in it 
That's for sure. No, no, but I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that, like, if Andy Breckman was there in California, they could have, this would have been resolved without, anyway. Because also, just the way that he says it just is dumb. It's like, there was a, uh, a I don't even know, we're just listing the different types of demented cats. But anyway, um, then we cut to Chet and Monk, and they're going through all the vending machines because they want to see if any of them are out of order, and none of them are. And this is when we learn that Chet is a hedge fund manager, which of course makes sense. I mean, in a way it does, but I feel like he's a little bit more meat-headed than uh, what you would think a hedge fund manager would be. And That's maybe true. I'm giving too much credit to a hedge fund manager. I have no idea. But I just feel like he'd have a little bit more of a personality than just like the psychopathic uh, sports fan. That is true. Um, but then we basically we see that the, um, the end of the first half, and Costas remarks that it feels like the defensive coordinator, uh, Bob Binsack, is one step ahead. And apparently, since the Wildcats coach is retiring at the end of the year, he's a shoo-in for the head coaching position. Um, and so, Monk hears that, and he remembers what Stoudemire told him about a playbook, that a playbook is where they say all the plays and what they're going to do. Monk knows what happened. And I just want to tell you, do you know that this actually happened in college football, where there was a, it recently, where a team allegedly stole a playbook from another team, um, and there was like a scandal that kind of was not was swept under the rug, but like they really didn't seem to investigate it that hard because they didn't want to acknowledge that... Uh, that it happened, but Wake Forest apparently had their playbook. Um, How long ago? Uh, 2016, I think. That, ba- that basically, this is what I'm going to read from the USA Today article. Wake Forest football staff members discovered materials left behind by Louisville last Saturday that showed that the Cardinals were prepared to run, were prepared for plays the Demon Deacons had not run before. Basically, that they saw that they, they, in the uh, visiting locker room, they left behind like something that implied that they knew what plays were going to be run. Which really, I think the, the main thing to take away from that is, I know you're not probably not that big of a college football fan, but if you need trickery to beat Wake Forest, you need to reevaluate yeah. your life. <laughs> I'm enough of a, of a college football fan to understand that you don't have to like try very hard to beat Wake Forest. Truly, they're basketball Wake... school first, right? And they're not even that good at basketball. They're also the second smallest um, by there's the second smallest D1 foot. They're the second smallest FBS school. Um, is that Winston-Salem, North Carolina? It's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, correct. The only smaller one is Rice, which is even worse. Um, what are you are you celebrating that you got the city right? Yeah. Give me a, a, any D1 school and I'll tell you where it is. Appalachian State. Boone, North Carolina. Okay. Um, hold on. Anyway, give me one more because this is a dumb bit if you can't think of schools quickly. <laughs> Oregon State. Oregon State is in Corvallis. That's, that's easy. They're FBS. Oh, okay. Anyway. Kansas, um, Kansas State. Kansas State is in Manhattan, Kansas. Woo! <laughs> Any any F, any FBS one I definitely can do. There are probably there are I think three hundred no there are like two hundred no three hundred and ten I think uh, total D one schools. Univ- University of Montana. University of Montana is in shit. Montana State one of them is in Billings. Yeah, I'm, bitch. I'm gonna say it's in Billings. I'm not sure though. I was gonna no, say it's, it's in where is it? It's it's in Bozeman. Bozeman, right? I knew one was in Billings, and I think no, one. actually wrong. It's in Missoula. Missoula, okay. Yeah, I was going to say to you, actually. I was going to say, out of the 311 ones... Yes! I fucking got him, bitch! Okay, yeah, you got him. I got him. Good for you. I really... Yeah! I did, like, a sport quiz on this a couple weeks ago. I think I got, like, 270 of the 300. Um, But anyway, not important. Uh, It's the only thing I have going for me. Um, And so, give me the here's what happened. Well, I mean, it's very simple. Um, You know, uh, basically... 
what's his name? Sean Metzger. Yeah, Sean Metzger was in a perfect position to to get the playbook. He knew that our boy Davey Gettleson was getting fucked up the night before. He was with some chick, and he could easily sell the playbook to the opposing team. How they approached the limo driver is unclear. It's not explained to us. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. But basically, that's what happened. And, um, you know, Sean Metzger basically arranged for the playbook to be translated to the opposing team. Um, I'm unclear on whether it was the de- defensive coordinator. It or was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's the same guy. Defensive coordinator. Because oh, yeah, def- remember, they mentioned that he's going to be able to, if he's in position oh, to he's take a sh- coach. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So they gave it to him. Um, how he thought he was going to get away with it, uh, with murdering the fucking uh, backup quarterback, uh, remains <laughs> yeah. beyond reason. Also, by the um, way, just the backup quarterback is the best job to have in all sports. I think this is a given, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So back to the uh, story. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, Sean Metzger uh, took advantage of the situation. And obviously we found out that the reason why Chet – had mentioned that something was out of order. Be it was mm. because what I said previously was that the playbook was out of order. So mm. Davey noticed it. Came I only, out I only and, call him Davey once because that's what Chet calls him. His name is just Dave. Yeah, I'm just gonna call him Davey. Okay. Um. So so he comes out to confront Davey, and like as we saw in the beginning of the scene, he beat the fuck out of him with a crowbar, or like mm-hmm. a tire iron or something. Mm-hmm. It was and, a tire um, iron. Yeah, a tire iron. And um, once he beat the fuck out of him, like I just, uh, I'm sorry. I just don't know how you could beat the fuck out of the backup quarterback of a playoff team mm-hmm. and expect them, no one to find out until... Yeah. It for the game to go on yeah. without that happening. Yeah. Definitely was weird. And also, like, that would be the number one story of the whole game. Game would be Absolutely. secondary. Like, that's never happened. That someone it could it could have it could it could have even been like the backup kicker or like the backup yeah. punter anybody if someone anybody is gets missing. murdered around this yeah yeah or missing yeah um, I remember like it was a video when like Derek Rose just didn't show up to a practice once for the Knicks and it was a practice like it's and then it turns out he just didn't want to be there because you know who would want to be on the Knicks but anyway continue yeah so then obviously he killed him and then he like set him up like to be to have been like one of the first people at the tailgate he like painted his face and like all this crap. Didn't take enough care to, like, wipe off the blood and stuff. But then, obviously, he planned on, um, once he saw that um, our guy Chet noticed him on the way out, he had to take care of him. So that was kind of, like, a part of it. And yeah. um, that was pretty much it. So anyway, we go to that Monk and Chet are going to try to have to steal the evidence back of the copy playbook. And so they go into the visiting locker room. And we learn that the Bob Binsek is talking about how watch out for the triple option in the winged formation. In the next half, which if a team were to start running the triple in the second half of a championship game, that'd be the craziest shit that ever happened. It honestly might be fucking genius, to it be quite be. honest. It might be, but like, I, one of my favorite things, because I love college football a lot, and I think, because I grew up in a house that really liked college football, my dad, as, the thing that we don't talk enough about, I mean, we talk plenty about as society, but if you are a Catholic person from the Northeast, because there are no big college football programs in the Northeast, you automatically root for Notre Dame. So my dad was a gigantic Notre Dame fan growing up. I'm sorry, don't look at me like that. Um, it's just the way it is. Uh, that because like, well, I mean, my dad didn't go to college, and he was from suburban New York, right outside New York City. What team is close that he's gonna root for? You know, I mean, what are you gonna do? Root for Rutgers? I root for uh, Syracuse. Syracuse is is as far away from where I'm from in New York as it's like That's fine, but they away. have enough of a reputation like Not okay. really. Also, because the thing about too is the FT mind, Notre Dame's games were nationally broadcast from like the the, the games that are on TV when my dad was growing up, the only ones were Notre Dame games. Um 
So anyway. That's fine, but you have to at some point, uh, you know, you have to like reconcile in your life that Catholic people are the most evil people. No, well, my demand. dad is a Catholic. What are you talking about? Well, so am I. <laughs> yeah, Catholic people are evil. Really, uh, really just not great. Um, you know. Anyway, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's why I mentioned the word reconcile. It's not a. It, it's it's a loaded term for a reason. Um, and so the triple option, which is of course the thing that people run in college when they can't, uh, they can't get linemen who are big enough to run an actual offense. Um, that's why all the naval academies run, the military academies run it because you, there's a weight limit for the army and navy, and so they have to run a triple option because they, they can't have offensive linemen who are big enough in order to pass block. I don't know if you knew that, but that's why they do that. Yeah, I did know that. Same reason why Georgia Tech used to run it because it's since you the thing about Georgia Tech is it's the only it's really the only uh, ma- major conference school that uh, requires calculus, so that's why they can't they have a hard time recruiting. Oh, okay, no wonder I didn't like, say calculus. So like you I can't. Get it. Well, basically, thing is you there, more so than just the calculus part is that there are no be- dumb majors. Like you can't. There's no uh, athlete track in Georgia Tech if that makes sense. Like you can't. Um, you can't be, like, major in, like, general studies. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, one player starts leading them in prayer. And so, then Monk and Chet use an opportunity to steal the playbook. But they end up getting caught as they're running away. So there's a bit where Monk is running away, and then he gets to the parking lot, and him and Stodmar throw back and forth to each other. And eventually, it lands in Randy's hands with the cops. Um, and, uh... Wait, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Stodmar's down there because... Um, he tells Bob that he has to leave because he left his best friend downstairs. Yeah, um, and it's like a, it's kind of a limp, uh, limp dick uh, ending, right? Like, yes. It's very just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So Randy grabs it and it's over. And basically, we then cut to Casas. Um, giving the breakdown of what happened, and the Condors ended up beating the Wildcats. Uh, obviously, they didn't get their hands on the second half playbook for the game plan, mm-hmm. so the Condors came up, and uh, you know, Munkin started in the box, and uh, Stop breaks it down. You know, he's uh, he he yeah. breaks it down. He breaks down what happened today, and um, and guess what? Sotomayor and Munk are declared the MVPs for this mm-hmm. episode, and then then. Uh Casa starts to break down more of what happened, how he sa- Monk saved his life. Um, that apparently the cat was trying to kill him with a squeeze toy, and Monk says that he only said that because he wanted to get out of the house. Um, and then it ends on kind of a weird note. What do you give this episode out of ten? Seven and a half. I give it just a seven. It's just it's not like I don't hate it, but it definitely is just like a dud. Um, and I, I agree. Wish, I, I want more from it. But anyway, I follow the show at Shrewy Monk, and where people follow you. You can follow me at Andy B. Yep, and you can follow me at JKC. Um, and please review, subscribe, yep. and uh, share the show with people, etc. This episode, um, not our best work, but tune no, in. We'll be, no. we'll be better. We'll be better later this week. I promise. We only go up as we talk about Mr. Monk and the bully. Uh, you want a knuckle sandwich or you want to get monkey? <laughs>